We lift you up and we turn on our wonder to see who and how and what and why and everything about you, Lord. We pray that you'll increase that for us as we look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Have a seat. Over here. Right there. Thank you. Let me see. I got to see the whites of their eyes, man. Come on, bring it up. There. Okay. Yeah. So we are in this series right now. Well, this is the last message of this series on experience the wonder, the wonder of Christmas. And it leads up into uh, Christmas Eve. And so two weeks ago, we were talking about Yahweh, right? That even when we breathe, we are breathing the name of God and everything testifies to who God is. That ought to increase your wonder uh, as you move about. And then, and then last week, Daniel talked about Jehovah Shema, the God whose face is turned and sees you and looks on you. And that ought to increase your, your wonder also. Wonder, just basic definition, throw it up, man, is... Uh, a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or unexplainable. And I guess we could, uh, we have different ways of expressing something when we're excited or that happens. I mean, sometimes it could be like, you know, the, the time when uh, we, you watch that commercial about the Samsung uh, phones and they see it and they get it out. Ah, they're a spasm. They're running around. You see this? This is awesome. Uh, I was going to show that to you, but I don't have time. Um, you know, so there's, a, there's that kind of wonder. But uh, the one I want to talk about, the expression of it today, is, is different. More like a moment. Have you ever been in a moment where you knew uh, something else was going on? You can feel that hum that God put in you and it's connecting with what you're seeing and what's going on around you. You ever feel that? That is uh, uh, the wonder that I want to talk about today. And I was thinking about um, various... Uh, Types of, or, you know, I've been cataloging because I've had two months to work on this. So I've been thinking about these very, various things that were like that, moments for me. And to give you an example, I can remember now it's 25 years ago or something like that. I'm taking a youth group backpacking trip. I'm leading this trip uh, up over, uh, I think it's called Blue Lakes Pass. I've forgotten, but it's down in the San Juans uh, north side. You guys would know. North side of uh, uh, Sneffels. And um, in, in the San Juans. And so we had gone up with about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 kids or whatever. And we had gotten up pretty high. We were camping at about, oh, 11. Uh, we were close, we were on Timberline, camping pretty high. And uh, I had a moment in the evening before we went over the pass the next day to pull away by myself, kind of hiked up on this meadow. Or it's not a meadow, it's a slope, but that's open and grassy. And it's dusk, twilight, and I'm looking north. If, if anybody's ever been there, you might know what I'm talking about. I'm looking north, over to the right is Ridgeway, way down. I'm, I'm high up, and there's this twilight and glow, but you can see everything still pretty close and pretty clear. And uh, what was cool was that down in the valley below me, there were these thunderheads. So I was looking down at the thunderheads, and they were just a few of them, um, so the rest, of, I could see the, the, the whole landscape around the rest of it, and I could see the rain coming from the clouds, white on top, black on bottom, rain coming down, and then you could see that glow that kind of, sh that, uh, the, of the flashes of the lightning, in the right, right? 
Now that was enough of a moment for me, but I'm watching it, sitting above looking down, and these lightning bolts, they come from all sides of the cloud. And I'm looking at above it, above it. And they connect, and they go shooting straight through the cloud down to the, uh, the earth below. And it's like, whoa! Wow! You ever had a moment like that? It's not a moment where you turn and go, wow, the static electricity was moving amongst the moisture right there, and you start getting scientific about that. You can't even do that. It's like, whoa! It's beautiful. You recognize you're in a moment. Raise your hand if you had a moment. Sometimes they're like holy, aren't they? They're like a holy moment. And you've been, something's connecting between what you just saw and God or something like that. And I know when I say the word holy, it brings up a lot of different, oh, concepts, because holy's connected with everything. You got holy matrimony, holy cow, holy moly. You got uh, holy crap. You got uh, holy water. You've got, uh, did I say matrimony? Holy mackerel. You've got a lot of holies going on. You've got holy rollers. Um, you've got all this kind of holy stuff. So it's been a little bit confused. But I want to show you today that to experience the wonder of God, you need to experience His holiness. And like Robert H. Bell says, one of my favorite guys, he says, we need to have a holy shift. Okay, get my spelling. S-H-I-F-T. A shift from what we have thought about holiness to something different. And to do that, I want to do that from uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation, right? So we don't, we don't normally spend a, a lot of time here because, uh, you know, it's considered to be so crazy and, and hard. But uh, I want to go straight to the throne room and uh, see what we can learn about wonder, about holiness, and what's going on there. So uh, uh, if you got your Bible, you can turn there. We're going to show it up there, starting in 4. First of all... Oh, boy. Somebody got me a big print one, but I couldn't see it to bring it, I guess. At once, I was in the... This is John, the writer. John is on... uh, By the way, I'll give you a little background. John is on the island of Patmos. He's basically the last apostle. The rest have been killed. And he's exiled there. And while he's there, um, he is in the Spirit, it says, and he gets this vision Uh, of uh, this whole thing of revelation is revealed to him. Revelation's plural isn't how you say it. The revelation is given to him, and it's it's crazy. And he says, uh, I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne were seven lamps were blazing. These are the spirits of God. And now pick it up in six, throw it up there. Also, in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Now catch this. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, And they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, and the second was like an ox, and the third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. And each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around and even under their wings. Lots of eyes. 
day and night, they never stop saying, here's the point, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. So you get this scene in John who is trying to write down things he's never seen before and it's very difficult to get language for what he is seeing. Is doing his best. That's why you hear a bunch of likes. It was like this and it was like that. And, uh, uh, you know, I have studied Revelation quite a lot, actually. You know, in my business, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to know and you're supposed to be able to uh, uh, have a discussion of why we think it's this way. And when you read Revelation, you're reading what you think are going to be these events that are going to unfold and, and, how, and, and trying to figure out uh, how it's going to unfold compared to someone, somebody else thinks how it's going to unfold, right? And then people hit, say, I hear this all the time, nobody can understand that. Why would God write a book that nobody can understand? Ah, oh, you know what? All those books were kind of easy. I'm going to give you one that's confusing for you. I don't think God is doing that. I think there's something else going on. Actually, conservative uh, uh, interpreters say the best way to read Revelation is not like a history of the future or a sequence of events. The best way is to read it like it's a parable. It's not a parable, but the way you read a parable, how do you read a parable? We were just in this in November when we were talking about the soils. A parable ought to go all the way to your heart. It's a story that helps you understand something that ought to take you all the way to your heart and the heart of God. That's the end result. Now, I got to be honest with you. I studied Revelation more on this academic side than uh, from the wonder side and the wonder of it all. Because really, Revelation is about God who is sovereign working out in human history to bring about his redemptive plans. And it's the culmination of that. And so when you get to chapters four and five, like what we're right here, right here, you're, 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 these are more important than all the rest. Actually, if you, if you get the picture of what's happening in four and five, you, you, need what you, you have what you need, really. Now, okay, I'm good to have all these conversations about Revelation. They call it eschatology, study of the end times. I'm, I'm happy, to, eschaton, enology, study, uh, study of the end times. I'm good to hang with that. I love that topic. And that's for another time. What I'm seeing right here is something different. A whole lot of questions come up. Here's my question that I've been working on for two months. Because I don't do this that often, so I get a lot of time. It's pretty fun. Two months. What I just read you, how does that apply to your life? What is the application of the throne of God scene that I just read you? That's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, because honestly, you look at that thing and you go, that is so other, that is so different, that that just is like happening somewhere else. And I think about that every once in a while uh, when I hear a message about it or somebody's talking about it and I know God's on the throne and that, yeah. But what is the application of how you live day to day right now? And how you see what you see day to day right now? Which brings up some other questions, by the way. Like, why are there four of these creatures and why are they moving about? And you said, you just read that and they're not moving about. This is the same scene that Isaiah saw back in uh, Isaiah 6. Now, you might remember back in September, Daniel did a sermon on what is in your hand and worship is in your hand. Remember that sermon? And he talked about these four, uh, four living creatures, seraphs, burning ones, that are moving around the throne. And they, at that time, Isaiah didn't get as much of a picture 
of how these things are as John gets. And that's the way the Bible works, by the way. It gets progressively clearer as you go. And so what you're seeing here is, a, is an even expounded picture of what uh, Isaiah saw uh, back there in six. And they had six wings, right? And the, and the top wings covered, remember this is, Dan, this is what Daniel told you. They covered their face and the bottom covered their feet because out of humility and reverence for where they were at. <clears throat> and then they flew around, it says, around the throne. That's how I know these are moving. That's a weird question. Why are they moving around the throne? I'm going to ask a lot of questions, okay? And then, <clears throat> why? What is the deal with all of these eyes? I don't know. Did you read this and just kind of glance by and go, wow, that's interesting, and then move on to the next chapter? No, you want to say, well, what is up with these eyes? Eyes everywhere. It says even under their wings. These are some crazy-looking preacher, creatures, or preachers, <laughs> aren't they? And, uh, and then, why are they saying, holy, holy, holy? Why are they saying three and not two or four? What do you think? You don't know? I mean, think about it. What's going on here? I mean, I think you're supposed to, I, I hope that as you think about those questions, well, I, here's, here's the statement you say, I wonder why. I wonder, because this is about wonder, right? I wonder why it is that way. I wonder how it works. So let's start with holy from uh, the first part. I'll take the last question and then I'll end on the first one. <clears throat> so why are they saying holy, holy, holy? And i got to be honest, when I bring up the term holy, I don't know what that means to you. I became a Jesus follower when I was 18 years old in 1980. And right off the bat, um, I, I wanted to, they were discipling me. I had people discipling me to, so I could grow and follow Jesus. And holiness was a big talk back then. A lot, of, a lot of learning around that. And what I recall mostly from holiness is holiness was right living, living the right way. And basically doing things that were good and not doing things that were bad. Because if you did things that were good, you were like closer to Jesus. And then if you did things that were bad, like sin, and you're spending your time in 1 John 1, 9, confessing your sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive them, and you're spending all that time there. But he's better off if you're doing the right thing. Which, by the way, uh, basically seems like kind of short of what they're talking about here. I mean, that's just basically saying holiness is obedience. And that's not, uh, well, it's a nuance of what's happening here in a revelation. That's not why they're saying holy, holy, holy. They're saying something else. So the word holy uh, in the Greek right here is agion, and it's directly coming from a parallel from Isaiah 6, which is the Hebrew word kadosh. Now everybody say kadosh. Let's do it again. Kadosh. Kadosh. There's three times. That's how it works there. Kadosh. 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 Now, this holiness does not mean pure and righteous. Now, that is uh, uh, maybe a way that we help, or that helps us kind of understand that God is pure and righteous, but that's not exactly what it's saying. And while those are attributes of his, that's not what they're singing. Holy, holy, holy. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Now see, uh, the word kadesh is a noun. This is the word kadosh. And the word kadesh um, is a noun and a subject. I'm going to get a little grammar here, which I'm terrible at anyway. But uh, 
it's uh, subjunctive, and so it's a subject, and it's talking about the qualities of God. These guys are flying around, not talking about the qualities of God. It's an adjective. Holy is. Okay? Holy, holy is. What does that mean? Well, scholars say what that means is 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 describing that you are in the proximity of the divine. And holiness means set apart. Now, put that together, that concept is a little weird. God, who is holiness, means set apart. But in the adjective form, it means in the presence of the divine or the proximity of the divine. How is something set apart and in proximity at the same time? That's an interesting question, isn't it? God who's set apart, who's on the throne, who's a big deal, right? He's the biggest deal ever. That could be just someplace somewhere else that we think about every once in a while. But it says, holy, 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 kadosh, 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 meaning it's in proximity. He who is set apart, who's altogether different than the rest, is in proximity. Now, Let's keep working this thing for a sec. So, what is it with all of the eyes? I think it speaks to understanding what it means in proximity. What is it with the eyes? First of all, you guys are looking at me like you didn't know this crazy stuff was in the Bible. Really, you're looking at me like, oh, get back to a parable or something. You know? Yeah, that's right, I just read it to you. What is it that there are creatures with all of these eyeballs, even under their wings? Now, I always thought, okay, because I've, I've read this before and thought about this before, and I thought that these four creatures are, are moving around the throne, and those eyes are looking at the awesome God, right? They're watching and seeing all of these nuances about God because it just keeps unfolding because He's infinite, and He's so awesome. And they travel around, and they go, oh, holy and they travel around him, holy, 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 because they start seeing new things. What's interesting is, it says that they have eyes on both sides. What are eyes for? I know this is simple. <laughs> eyes are for seeing. Okay, what are they seeing? Okay, and then this starts to speak why there's four of them. What are they seeing? They're looking this way. I'm saying this is the throne and, the, and, and God the Father's on the throne and Jesus is right next to him and they're moving around and they're seeing that way, but they're seeing this way and they're seeing that way and there's four of them because there's four directions all the time. They're seeing all of this all the time and what are they doing? They're turning and going, did you see this? Oh, did you see? Th- oh, oh, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. The holy set-apart God is not set apart to be away from us someplace else. He's moving right here amongst us now. Oh my gosh. You better get that. That right now, what's happening here, he's, he's working here. And those creatures are moving around and they're going, did you see this? Did you see that? Oh, look at this. Look at how he's making things new. Look at how he's making the, uh, holding and sustaining the creation. Look at what he's doing in this person's life. Nobody comes to the Father except they're drawn. Look at how he's drawing over here. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. You've got to get this idea. Why is he called the Holy Spirit? Because God is working down there and sitting right there. All at the same time. 
Oh, man. So then when we see it happening here, they turn and they go, did you see it happen? And, and I think all you're left with in the middle of that, seeing it, you think this is the most boring job on the planet. You mean all for eternity, I got to rotate around you and say, holy, holy, holy? No. Depends on what you're looking at. Depends on what you're looking at. And if you're looking at this, and then you're looking at that. Oh, who could have thought of that? Oh, your power is made perfect. Right? Oh, my goodness. God, you are so awesome. Holy, holy, holy are you. Whoa. It's like, you know, when you're sitting at a, a, in, a, in a, a marriage ceremony. You're attending a marriage ceremony. And you're sitting there waiting for it to happen. And then out comes the groom. And the groom and the men are standing there. And he looks good. He looks good in his tux. And, uh, um, and you're, you're watching. And then all of a sudden the music starts. And the preacher says, everyone stand. And what does everybody do? They turn and they look. And then it gets bigger. And in comes the bride and she's beautiful, right? And then you look at her and, and you go, oh, yeah. And then you turn and you look back at the groom and he's going, oh, yeah. Right? Look at this dance. Maybe that's why they call it holy matrimony. I don't know. You know, it's the idea of, of seeing. These creatures are seeing what's going on all around them. And it's like a rhythm. It's like a rhythm that's going. You can hear it. God gave you your imagination to almost hear it. Kadosh. 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 You know, God doesn't have the, He didn't create these creatures because he needed them there's nothing in him that he needs from this event there is no ego now i used to think i'm going to tell you i used to think well if you're that great and if you have so much going for you and you're omnipotent and you got just all of these layers to you then it's just worthy you're worthy of having um this praise and this happening oh uh it's you can't really relate to that because you can't really think about somebody giving you praise. Uh, gets ego-centered. He doesn't have any ego in the game because it's not just about him. He was set apart. That's what holiness means. Not from you, but for you. He was set apart, not from you, to be separate and away, but for you. The God who doesn't need anything from you is there for you. Set apart, because you couldn't have somebody working out here uh, in, in, in our same sphere and like us, trying to make things better. That's not the point. The God who is perfect is bringing shalom, completeness, the kingdom around us. And, and, and these creatures are seeing it, and they're going, holy, holy, holy. If you put on your imagination, you can hear the rhythm of it. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. It's been going on. And it's going on right now. And it's going to keep going on. Who was and is to come. Wow, the power of it. Think right now. Okay, in your, in your mind right now, think of some moments where you recognize God was in it and it was holy. I want you to think of them. I mean, just, not rhetorical, just think. Literally, pretty sure God was there that time. I was pretty sure. Yeah, 
whatever you're thinking of, they were probably saying, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Whatever you're thinking of right now, when God showed up, I can tell you one. I've been thinking about this for two months. I had more time than you. So I'm uh, another youth pastor story uh, in Steamboat. Me and these kids were supposed to, I've told some of these stories, but they really connect for me on this. So me and these kids were supposed to uh, move all this furniture out of this top floor office space and uh, put it on a service elevator, which is about the size of a car, and it's about 90 years old, it seems like. I mean, it's just like boards and open and bricks and ropes and weights and buttons. And we move all, we're on the third floor. We're supposed to take it down to the first and put it on a, on a truck. So me and these kids get after it, and we take all the furniture that we can get and put it on this service elevator. And then above us, you can't really see because it's dark and open up there. Up there. And below us, there's two floors. And so... Uh, we put all the furniture there, and then these other five kids and I get on, and we hit the button. You know one of those big red buttons? It's supposed to be an easy button, you know, and nothing happens. Hit it again, nothing happens. Hit it the third time, and the thing starts moving. We quickly realize that it wasn't because of the button. It's because we have jostled the thing loose, and it's starting to move, go down on its own. Me and these kids and all this furniture... And so it's going down, it's picking up speed, and we go past the second floor. And I go, guys, hold on. And we come down to the first floor, moving fast. The things are whining. And we go past the first floor. A kid jumps out on the way by, and it goes down another three feet and crashes. And then we hear all of this stuff just blowing apart above us. And what had happened is these uh, huge cast iron um, weights, counterbalances, were the thing that kept us from a free fall, had been pulled up. But they went too far when we went too far, and they went into these gears, these huge iron gears. And some of them, some of them were 120 pounds. They were huge. And it went up and shattered them. And so now it's, rain, it's going to rain down iron. Some of these chunks... We, like four gears came apart. And uh, we, you can't see any of them. You can't move. There's, you just hear it. And one kid moves from this place to this place. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. It's over. The dust settles. Right where that kid had moved, there was a huge piece of iron. Right where that kid had jumped, uh, there's a huge piece of iron. And all of the furniture was completely destroyed. I mean, pummeled. There was nothing left. Boom, 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 boom. And nobody was touched. Kadosh. 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 I went back there many times. I didn't know Kadosh back then, but I went, oh, right there. Right there was where God showed up. Boom, 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 boom. And everybody's safe. Kadosh. Kadosh. I'll give you another one. My dad, uh, I've told this story, but it really seems to fit for me into this thing. My dad is in, been, uh, he was comatose for five days in hospice, you know, and that just, and we're in that vigil, he's in, uh, we're waiting for him to die. And he had, uh, he was completely deaf when this started uh, because the cancer had made him deaf. And uh, uh, he was in, uh, on the bed, you know, and that, and that look, uh, that's just not, you're not, you're not even there. And even when you're talking to him, you know, his ears don't work, so you can't speak to him. And 
Everybody had left, and I had this moment with my dad. And I got to, I said, now, Jesus, I don't know how this works, but, I'm, but you got both sides of this thing. And I'm pretty sure that if I'm talking to you, you could talk to his spirit because you know how to do that, and he would hear you. So here's some things I'd like to say. I told him that I loved him. Tell, tell, tell my dad that I love him. I mean, you gotta, he's like running the middleman thing. And, and, and tell him that you love him. And then I said some other things that are mine. Out of nowhere, his eyes light up. And this huge smile comes over his face. I knew I was absolutely in a moment. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. You can think of those moments that only God was there. And you know it. They were saying it. These angels were saying it. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I saw that, yeah. The Holy Spirit was working right there. That's why three, three holies, because the, the entire Godhead is right there working. Holy, holy, holy are you. I was standing on the front row here, like I do every Sunday, right? And I was speaking two years ago, and I, I had my iPad, and I needed an iPad because all my notes were in there. And I hear God tell me, you can leave the iPad if you want. This is, the, this is the last verse of the song right before I'm supposed to stand up. Ah! And I, 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 I say back to him, do I have to? Because I'm not thinking that's going to be great. No, you don't have to. But I had this sense, if you do, you'll experience the wonder. You'll experience the wonder, because I'll have to show up, because I'm going to have to remind you, the Spirit's going to have to remind you of what you've just put in all that. And I don't know how the sermon was, um, but it was pretty good for me. <laughs> kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Think of it in your life. It was going around you. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. When you're driving up 82, go right down to the, the simple things in life or the hard things of your simple um, or uh, kind of mundane um, routine. And you're driving up to 82, trying to get to Aspen, and you're around the road rage, and every, everybody's going the right speed, but one guy wants to go faster, and you've got to let him in and all that kind of stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, you come around the corner, and you see Sopris. And Sopris has... If you, I mean, you're not here having not seen that. And so th- that day, those clouds are horizontal. Early in the morning, and the sun is shining on the side, and it's all dark, but, the, but that plume of snow is blowing off the top. And you go, oh my goodness, is that beautiful? Kadosh. That was put there for you. Did you know that is just rock and wind and, and, and you know, just... That's just science stuff up there. But you saw it, and it was beautiful. How did that happen? Holy Spirit, it showed it to you. Even the very moments of working about in your regular day. Kadosh, kadosh. Or take science. I'm not throwing science. I say you're a scientist, and you discover something incredible. A new reality that helps, is going to help people in their health. or their or, and, Oh, man. And, they, and you don't even know it. You're not even a Jesus follower. Those guys are still going, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Because God is making things new. He's bringing redemption, restoration. That's his thing. 
That's why there's eyes everywhere, and that's why there's four of them, because everywhere they're moving around, they're turning and seeing it all happen. And they're, it's filled with wonder. And God, who is, sep, uh, is set apart, not separate, set apart, is actually close. He's not, se- he's not set apart from you. He's set apart for you. Okay? You take whatever it is. Maybe you're in cubicle land. The last place you think, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh is going on. Not the case at all. If you'll look and you'll see He's working. It's happening. Now, I know the question you have. What's this got to do with Christmas? It has everything to do with Christmas. Because the God who was set apart became a man, became a human, entered into this world. Can you believe it? Not, not, not in a big deal, in a, in a humble deal. As a, as a human. Oh, call it Holy Night when you sing that. Fall to your knees. You ought to, because it's kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. It's the most incredible thing. You're telling me that God became a man. He didn't just become a man. Follow it further. He became a man who went and died on a cross. Oh, my goodness. Died on a cross. He actually was isolated alone. Said, my God, my God, where have you for, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? He became set aside who was set apart, he became set aside for all of us who were set aside so that we could be set apart. First Peter says, be holy as he is holy. Oh, you thought that was like, be like pure and righteous like he is. Apply it right from the throne. Be like he is at the throne. Be set apart for people, not from people. And if God, who needs nothing from that event, didn't create those animals so that he could get some ego juice out of that thing, nothing, then you don't need anything either. As you are holy. As he is holy. Ooh. Kadosh. 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 What am I telling you to do? Absolutely nothing. Don't do a thing except open up your eyes. All that's on open up your eyes. Don't do a thing. It's going to be hard to leave a sermon and not get some marching orders. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you to just open up your eyes and look. And you can join in. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Because he wants to put you and place you as a part of that. It's holy. What does holiness have to do? The holy shift we need to make is it's not so much about the right and wrong. It's about being present in the presence of God and in the presence of people. Loving God and loving people comes together again, doesn't it? And then you know what happens? I said Revelations 4 and 5. Stand up for this, please, as I read this to you. John, in the next chapter, has this continuing vision of where he sees the Father on the throne, and he's holding a scroll that has writing on the inside and the out. And he's, he's greatly dispre- distressed because nobody can open the scroll. Then it picks up, and he sees this. Then I saw a lamb 
looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are, all, are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on earth. We'll take communion after this song, but remain standing right now. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Kadosh, Kadosh. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Kadosh, 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 Kadosh. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. 